0: Balancing Point, episode 16.
1: Welcome to the Balancing Point podcast, where we invite you to join us on a journey into the amazing world of professional ballet. Our guests will provide you with an inside peek into this exclusive world while offering motivation and inspiration on how to not only succeed in dance, but also in life. And now, your host, Kimberly Falker.
0: Hello and welcome to Bouncing Point Podcast. I'm so excited for today's interview with Olivia Boysen, who is a member of the New York City Ballet's Court de Ballet. Olivia was born in Queens, New York, and began her dance training at the age of six at the Ballet Arts School in Forest Hills. She later studied at the Dance Theater of Harlem in 2000, before enrolling as a full-time student at the School of American Ballet, which is the official school of New York City Ballet. She enrolled in that school in 2004, and in August of 2012, she became an apprentice with New York City Ballet. And following that, she joined the company as a corps de ballet in December of the same year. So let's get started. All right, Olivia, I've shared a bit about your accomplishments in ballet. Please share a bit more about yourself and your personal journey in dance. Okay,
1: well, um, I started dancing when I was six years old in Queens. Um, My mom... Was when she was younger, and she thought it would be nice for me to be involved in dance as well. So she put me in just like a local dance studio in Queens and Forest Hills. And I was there for about a year. And then my friend in academic school was leaving the school. So um, her parents and my parents wanted us to do something together so that we could stay friends. And um, so we auditioned for a Dance Theater Harlem together. And when we auditioned, I got into their pre-professional program, and then she got into their like Saturday, like community program. So um, I ended up. She she actually went to the Saturday program for a little while, but then she just stopped because we weren't together. But um, I continued in their pre-professional program, which was. Um, ballet, and then on Saturdays we would have, like, tap and jazz and modern. Yeah. Um, so, again, I was at Dance Theater Harlem for four years, and then um, the school had closed down because of financial problems. So um, me and one of my friends who danced at Dance of Harlem decided to audition for School of American Ballet together. And in the auditions, I got in and my friend didn't. So um, I continued at uh, School of American Ballet for seven years. And. So you were, ba- I'm sorry,
0: you were at Hold when you got into School of American Ballet? Uh, I was 11. 11, okay. And then.
1: In the fifth division third. Okay.
0: And then just to explain, how does it work um, at the year round school for levels?
1: Um, well, when I first got in, um, they started at age six and the levels were just one through five. They were called like first division, second division. And then after five, it would be B1, B2, and then C1, C2, and D is the last level. Okay.
0: What did you do about school at that point?
1: Um, well... Uh, I think when I got, when I first entered SAB, I was still, I was in middle school, I think. So I would just run <laughs> after, because after, I was in school in Queens and I, it would take me an hour to get into the city. So me and my mom <laughs> would just like, <laughs> just get to <laughs> school, to SAB. But then when I, when I made it to the higher levels, I was in high school. I went to high school at okay. Laguardia High School, like for the performing arts, which was like across the street ah. from SAB. So, yeah, and I kind of worked it out with that school, and and told them I went to SAB. So I I just kind of reorganized my schedule a little bit so that I could make it to the two thirty classes, and then then when I got even higher at SAB, when the classes started at ten thirty. I I just negotiated with them some more to make sure I can make it to SAD.
0: Were there? Did you start questioning your desire to stay dancing, or did it make you want to dance more?
1: No, I fought my parents. I didn't. I didn't want to be at SAD when I first got there, just because I just wasn't used to how everybody was. But. um after my parents said, like, just just try, you know, for the first year. Like, if you still don't like it after the first year, then, you know. But after the first year, I had made one friend. So. <laughs> <laughs> so that made me feel a little more comfortable. And and, and I was used to how everybody was. Right, and- right.
0: So then when was or was there a point where all of a sudden you kind of had the the moment of, this is what I really want to do. What shifted?
1: Um, yeah, when I when I was around thirteen, I remember my parents were deciding um, on on what high school to go to, and I was trying to decide whether I wanted to go to like a performing arts high school or just academic, no arts at all. <laughs> High school, (laughs) Um, I it was there then that I knew that I wanted to be surrounded by people who are driven by art and wanted to do what I want to do. So I decided then, like I wanna, I wanna dance. Like, and I knew that if I wanted to dance, I had, I had to choose and I had to focus and I had to decide. You know, this is what I want to do because if you're a little wishy washy, it doesn't. That's true. Right. (laughs)
0: Yeah. <laughs> Can you please share with the listeners a time in your journey when you experienced a failure or a major disappointment
1: as a dancer? Um, I would say that one of my, I wouldn't call it a failure, but it was a time in my journey through dancing where it was really rough. Um, when I was 14, I had a really major injury in my knee that I was out for, a year, I didn't dance for a year, yeah. And that that was really hard. I It was hard that I didn't get to dance and I really wanted to, but at the same time, I did learn a lot about myself and my body and, and, and it just reaffirmed what I wanted to do. Like it didn't deter me in, in that and I didn't want to dance anymore. It made me want to dance even more.
0: <laughs> so what did you do during that year would you go into the studio just to kind of keep your brain in dance or completely removed
1: I was completely removed I just went to school I came home I did homework <laughs> I was like a normal you know and I went to physical therapy to try to there, you know it wasn't one of those injuries that you could really like I had to sit out and not move Like, you know, I had to heal because I had surgery on it. So I had like a full leg cast from my hip to my ankle where I couldn't. (laughs) And I had crutches for like six months because I couldn't weight bear on it for a long time. So, Now, when you went out because
0: of the injury, what did SAB say? Did they say you're welcome back or was it a chance that you couldn't come back?
1: No, I, I had just found out that I was gonna be able to move up to the next level <laughs> and then I injured myself. But they they were they were fine. They were like you know, you take care of yourself and you can come back on your wedding. So that was that was really good. When you came
0: back were you able to move up or did you have to re earn your way up?
1: Well, I had my spot in my in the next level, but I couldn't Make it there, like I had to slowly get back, so I ended up just staying back. That, that okay, life,
0: yeah. and from that experience, what was the lesson that you feel that you learned?
1: If anything, I just remember being so driven to dance again. And when I finally got back in the studio, it was like, I'm home, <laughs> it was the best thing, yeah. It was the best thing I just knew that. This is what I wanted to do because after a year of no dancing and coming back to the studio and feeling like finally this is who I am, that tells you. And then, along with disappointments, I'm sure you've had
0: many moments to celebrate. Can you share one particularly bright, shiny moment for you? I mean, uh, when I wanted to the <laughs> that
1: was oh, well a good was... moment. <laughs>
0: Tell us about that day.
1: Uh, well, I have been in the school for seven years at that point, and I feel like many of the people who get into the company aren't usually those who started when they were younger. It's usually those who came in two or three years, and then, you know, they get in the company. So it was really special to me to have been there since I was young and then, like, make it... Into the company, and I had been watching. Like, since you're in the school, you get tickets to see the company, so I had been watching the company for years. And so, when I finally got in, it was a dream come true.
0: <laughs> I bet. Where were you when it happened? I was
1: in class, and my one of the, the director's assistants came in and told us that we would have a meeting at 1 to come to, like, the director's office or of the school. And Everybody in the class? and Not everyone, just, like, certain people. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, That's <so>. stressful. <laughs> yeah. So, Did you assume it was good news? Um, We hoped, but we didn't want to assume. Yeah. <laughs> so we all got there, and Peter Martins was there, and the director of the school was there. And <laughs> Peter Martins looked at all of us, and he just said, you know why you guys are here? we <laughs> were like, no. And he was like, "Well, I want to invite you to be apprentices with the Nancy And, and oh. everyone was like really happy, and I was crying. <laughs> How many people were in the room with you? Um, it was three girls and five boys. Oh wow! So oh, I bet the people back in the studio were a little sad. <laughs> yeah, I I had heard that some people were crying in the middle of class, and it oh. was hard that was it unexpected or is that
0: kind of the timing that they typically offer that opportunity The
1: schools it depends every year every person's um entrance in the company is doing so different it just i guess it just depends on what what peter decides <laughs> No, so everyone's
0: and then once you're an apprentice there's no guarantee you get into the company company
1: right Right, yeah, you have that year where you are the apprentice and you understudy everything and you just try to prove that you belong there. And then at the end of that year, usually in the summer, they tell you whether you're in the company I got in in August. So they, they told us at the end of the school year, which is like in May, but I started my apprenticeship in August. And then in the middle of Nutcracker in December... He pulled me and another girl aside in the middle of the performance, right before I was going out to do snow. He pulls us, Peter Martin's takes us into the hall, and he's like, I'm going to promote you to core, like, you're in the company. Oh. <laughs> oh <my laughs> he God. was like, Have a good performance. And I was like,
0: How did you perform? Really great or really nervously? Well,
1: <laughs> The first like right after I had to go out for snow and so that was kinda of horrible because I was just such in shock. I was like, Did that just really happen? And I wasn't even focusing <laughs> at all. I was just like, Did that happen? But then this happened. Did I just dream that? Yeah, like, <laughs> it happened so quickly it was just
0: so like nonchalant. So you were just off off stage waiting to yeah. go on when he yeah. said that you. Yeah. Oh my goodness
1: yeah I mean, that's that's was...
0: probably not really good for uh assuring a good performance
1: yeah i mean the second
0: <laughs> he could have waited maybe the
1: half, like <laughs> it really something i was like wow i'm really in and then, so i had a good second half of the show but oh that's wonderful yeah it
0: was so what year was that that you were asked to um, join
1: this past december
0: okay so you're going into your First full run of Nutcracker. <laughs> have they have they started rehearsing that? Ah, uh, we started on Wednesday. Oh, okay, yeah. and then how does it work? Do they tell you what parts you are, or do you audition for parts, or?
1: They usually tell us. We just get the schedule, and your name is like posted on what you're rehearsing. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, Olivia, what is one piece of advice that you've received that has uh, stuck with you over the years?
1: One of my favorite teachers at SOE was Kay Mazo. She's also the director of the school. And um, one of my classes, she would just keep telling me, never, never give up. And it seems like a really simple (laughs) advice, but I think it really made a difference. Because if anything now, whenever I'm dancing, if anything is really hard or, you know, I always tell myself, like, never give up because you just can't. Like, you have to give it your all You can't give up. <laughs>
0: and do you think that she found in her to give you that advice for a specific reason? Did it seem as if you would get yeah. frustrated or yeah, why do you think she said like that to you?
1: In, in the school or maybe now but um, I'm, I try to work on it but um, you know when you get frustrated that you can't do something and you're trying you're trying but it, it just doesn't work you know she she saw that she saw that I would just get really frustrated and she would just be like you know just never give up you have to keep fighting So.
0: Well, she must be proud of you now then. I
1: hope so. <laughs>
0: Has there been a moment in your career so far that you just kind of looked around and thought, oh my gosh, I've made it?
1: Definitely. Yeah. I think it came at a very like non-important day. Like I, I, I just was standing in company class one morning and I was doing Tondus and I looked around the room and I was like, I'm here. Like I'm with this company, like with this amazing talented company that I've only seen from the audience for so many years and I'm in class with them. And I was just like, wow,
0: (laughs) like I'm here. I think that's, that's true. I think sometimes the, those moments happen when you're more, when it's less obvious, like you're the outside looking in, you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. How has your family played a part in your success? Well, my mom
1: has played probably the biggest part of all. <laughs> she shuffled me around every single day to class and came to all the shows. And, you know, she was there for every bit of it. So I know that she's really happy now to see me on the stage and... It's there. My whole family's been really, really supportive, and you know, it's great to have that. And and it's wonderful because a lot of the students aren't from New York, so their family isn't so close. But for me, I grew up in New York, so my family has always been really close, and so it's always been nice to have my whole family here to see me through. <laughs> I bet. That's yeah, so fun for them to really see nice. you now.
0: <laughs> and share with the listeners something that's really exciting you right now.
1: I mean, I, last year I went, we do like 46 performances in the Nutcracker. And so by the end of it, you were like, oh, I don't want to see another Nutcracker <laughs> like, again. And, and it's funny because at the end of that, I thought I would never want to see Nutcracker again. But for some reason, I've just been so excited to start Nutcracker again. It's just, the season and the music and the choreography—it's just—it's all hitting me again. Like I'm so excited to do Nutcracker.
0: <laughs> well, it does kind of represent something yeah. magical because everybody started with it in dance and continues with it. It seems like you know it just kind of is a—it's kind of like Christmas carols. You can overdo it after a while, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. now, Olivia, if you had a the opportunity to dance on stage with any dancer, current or in the history of dance, who would it be and what would you dance?
1: I have thought about this for <laughs> a while and it's so hard for me to pick one out of so many talented, amazing dancers in the dance world. It's crazy to me. But um, I have had the privilege to get to know Wendy Ellen a little bit. And she was always one of my favorite dancers when I watched in the audience when I was in the school. And I think it would be amazing to dance with her. She's such a kind person and so like given in her dancing and in life. <laughs> so I would love to dance with her.
0: Um... So what is your opinion about the necessity of training in a year-round program in order to be accepted into a major company?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, if you are interested in being a part of that company, if you really like the style or the re- the repertory that they do, I think it is important that you spend, you know, some time training with them. Like, if in, in their year-round program, that would be really beneficial to you in, in becoming more of their kind of stylistic dancers. So.
0: And then... What is your advice for aspiring professionals regarding summer intensives?
1: Well, I think it's really important to go to summer intensives. I think you need to keep keep your dancing up and your skills, especially as you're younger dancing. And I think it is important to go to various dance programs because you want to have a little bit of of training from each place that you can learn so much from different places and um, I feel also going to different places and different summer intensive you can learn what you like and what you don't like so it's very helpful and they're fun you know just being with other dancers during the summer program and learning and you know being in a different city or you know they can be really great Right. Did you attend summer intensives? I did. I actually didn't attend as many, maybe, because of my injury. I was out for, like, two summers. Well, maybe it was three. I'm not sure. So I didn't really go to a lot of summer programs. But um, I went to CPYB, Central Pennsylvania Youth by, And I I got really strong there. I really liked their training. Um and then I went to Chautauqua, and that okay. was that was good too because it was it's one of the longest summer intensives. It's seven weeks, so yeah. But um, but you get to perform there, so that's different from other summer intenses. and so that was a learning experience too. And then I went to um, Pacific Northwest Ballet, and I really. I when I got into the school Peter Bull was leaving the school but I had a chance to take one of his classes that he taught and I fell in love with his class even at 12 years old so I knew I always wanted to go to Pacific Northwest Valley so that I could take his classes again so I really enjoyed that and um, and then after p and I think that was it I think then I got my apprenticeship and I, oh, I danced at SAB summer program because I had never gone to the summer program. Okay. So that, that was different. I had never done the summer program, so. How did that compare
0: to the year-round program? I
1: think the, the technique classes are two hours in the summer. So that was, that was long. And also, I think it's really good as a young dancer to go to the SAV summer program because they spend a lot of time on details. That's why the that class mm-hmm. is two hours. They spend a lot of time making sure you know how to move the body in a way that Balanchine, you know, liked it, and why you should move that way, and you know. So that's good. But as since I was there for seven years. I already like knew. Uh, yeah, so you didn't need that. <laughs> so that that was not that fun. But <laughs> but I think for people who don't know it's great. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: What's your So what is one thing about you that might surprise the listeners?
1: Um I actually don't know how to swim. <laughs> I've never learned how to swim. I'm I was a city kid, so <laughs> I never so
0: they have a pool too. Yeah. He's a dancer. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, Olivia, at this point in the interview, I'll be asking a few questions that are provided from an uh, another dancer, a real live dancer that's not yet made it. So, um, but it's always taken from a perspective of a dancer that's hoping or aspiring to be a professional someday. Uh, This week's questions are provided by Cosette, who's in the top level in her pre-professional program. Um, The first question is, a good dancer in ballet usually has to have two things. One, a passion and love for the art, but also good technique. How do you find a balance between the two where you Still think about the technique, especially when it's a work in progress, but also let your mind free and the passion drive you.
1: That's a hard question. <laughs> I feel like every dancer has struggled through that, but um, I think it's important to work on your technique when you are in this studio, when you are working on cleaning it and making yourself the best dancer you can be, but at a certain point... The technique can only take you so far. You have to just enjoy, you know, the dance and and let go a little. Um, that usually comes when you are performing. I mean, that that's where I feel like okay, I've worked really hard to make this the best I can be, but now I'm just gonna go out there and and have fun, you know. And that's the best you just have to trust that your body has taken enough techniques in it that now, you know, you can just start that.
0: And finally, the last question. In order for a ballet dancer to be well-rounded and have all aspects of good technique, what should they do if one aspect is much stronger? Turnout, for example, or arch of feet, for example. Should they continue to work and focus on their high point to make them stand out? With a lot more turnout, or should they focus more on their low point to make sure that their feet look good as I well? I
1: think if you feel that one part of you is stronger, like your feet are a better um, asset to you, then I think you should work on other things that are not as strong. Because that'll make you a well rounded dancer and not just one. Part. Mm-hmm.
0: And then we've come to the final part of the questions um, of the interview. In closing, if you could go back in time to your 13-year-old self with the wisdom, confidence, and lessons you've learned along the way, what advice would you give to your 13-year-old like self?
1: As through my injury, I felt like I had lost a lot of confidence in myself. As much as I wanted to dance, I felt... Because of my injury and and not being around dancers as much, I had lost a lot of my confidence. So I feel if I were to look back and talk to myself as 13, I would tell myself, like, don't lose confidence. You are just as good as anyone else. You know, just, just believe in yourself.
0: Well, that's good. And with that same wisdom, confidence, and lessons learned, what would be your advice to aspiring dancers today?
1: I think that advice for young dancers would be to really listen to what your teachers are telling you because they have really good advice. (laughs) All of the corrections are very important. And to just have fun. You know, I feel like you can get really... um, distracted by what another dancer looks like or what what's going on in the dance world it can be very stressful but i think that what's important is to know that dancing makes you happy and you should be happy while you're doing it. <laughs> that's
0: great and finally what is your favorite motivational quote and how have you applied it into your life
1: my favorite favorite <laughs> motivational quote is start by doing what's necessary then do what's possible and suddenly you're doing the impossible By St. Francis OCC Um, as soon as I saw this quote I I just knew it was going to be like a definition of my life (laughs) because I just feel that I, I like to take on a lot of things at once and then it feels like too much so I feel like just start with what's necessary then you do what's possible and suddenly you're doing impossible (laughs) just little by
0: little
1: perfect yeah
0: well thank you so so much Olivia so if the listeners want to um, follow you or get in touch are you on
1: Twitter or Facebook or Instagram I don't have Twitter but I do have Facebook and Instagram so Um, My Facebook is just my name, Olivia Blossom. But um, my Instagram is (laughs) Chakamutitu. It's T O U G H
0: I N A T U T U. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for your time. And And thank you once again for joining me today on Balancing Point Podcast. Please join us for the next episode. We're on a a three-day-a-week schedule now, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And if you have any questions for myself or any of the dancers, go go to our website, to our show notes page, where you can find a way to connect with them or connect with us. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So feel free to leave us questions or comments. And if you enjoyed our episode today or any of our previous episodes, please stop by iTunes and leave us a rating or a review. And have a great day. We'll see you next time.